Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite unsolved mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. Who knows? We might even solve the case. I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stetton. And I'm producer Maria. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, shout outs, merch discounts, etc. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. And I hope all of our patrons enjoyed our unhinged uh, Halloween costume party. <laughs> we um, Some people noted we forgot to uh, choose a best costume. Oh, my God. We did. Who was the yeah. best costume? I did like Bane slash Babe. Yes, that I would say that that was actually my my favorite costume also because it was fully in character. Yes. Yeah. And he did turn into Godzilla, did he not? Oh, right. Oh, was that the same person? <laughs> oh, I so I was so. just so swayed. I didn't know. I didn't realize that Bane Babe was even a costume. I was just so swayed by. Oops. I'm always a sucker for a Wednesday Adams, though. That, that was yeah. great. I'll also say, Melissa, your costume was fantastic. I know. Should I win? I, I dressed up as Allie Siegel when she dressed <laughs> up as an alien. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alf and was great. And I got great. my pink Alf uh, microphone yeah. thing, too. Alf was great, too, with oh, a baguette yeah, and a kitten. Good. Yeah. So um, maybe we leave it up to you guys. Uh, if you're a patron and you were there, uh, email us or write on the Patreon who we think. Uh, I'll start a new post who you think with the best costume yeah. was that we can vote from yeah, there. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll send you some swag. And what does the winner get? Some swag. 
you get some merch from the store. Anything you want. Oh yeah, you, one, you can you can probably you can give them like a discount want. code or something. Ooh, shopping spree. Yeah. yeah. Um, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We finally have reached six 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 reviews. We're at like six six eight now. Um, or we something. missed the six six six. I I tried to go on there and make sure I didn't miss it, but I, I we missed it. I know, such a bummer, but at least they we're raking them in. We will read uh, your reviews on the mailbag episode coming up in a bit. Also, Erios has a hotline, which you guys are well aware of. We love your voicemails. Uh, please call us at 626-604-6262. Leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the episode. Also, we got a shout out in Vanity Fair magazine. Ooh la la. I know, fancy pants. Good for yeah, us. We were on a list. It was a spooky season <laughs> podcast list with a couple other good podcasts. And they recommended our seance episode with John Tenney, which was very good. Yes. So after our years of hard work and struggle, we finally made it into to Vanity Fair. <laughs> into Vanity Fair, one of our <laughs> lifelong dreams. And I will, I will say that it was on Vanity Fair online because you said Vanity. And I'm just we don't, we don't know real. that. Have you picked up the print edition? Yeah. Have you picked, have you up, the picked print? up print edition? Last I heard, Allie Print is dead. <laughs> Okay, well, it could still be in there. All right, Anna Wintour. Um, Melissa, <laughs> who are our patrons? We have Rachel S., Oba and Chia, Lindsay L., Michelle P., Amy W., Sarah N., Kelly N., Anja C., Michael B., Caroline F., Luxurious, mm. Robbie R., Christina S., and Beverly M. Wow. Do you think Michael B. is Michael Bolton? I was going to say Michael B. Jordan. Could be either, but my guess would be Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. He's Michael Bolton's more likely to listen to it. Michael B. Jordan and I once shared um, the same manager. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to. I will say we have a similar career trajectory. You guys, vanityfair.com. Your thing is in the style section. Your. So that means like you guys are like stylish, too. I mean, I well, agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. I, it's it's tr- it's stylish and trendy to listen to web crawlers. Yeah. Also, it's interesting that they went with like a purple aesthetic. I wonder if they were choosing based on um, the color of people's color podcast scheme? art. <laughs> so, Allie, hold on a minute. You're saying their entire list <laughs> was because they wanted to use a purple background. A plain purple background. Look, I'll take it. I don't. I don't. Hey, you know what I'm also looking at? What? what? I think that our the paragraph our ours is one of the longest paragraphs. Ooh, it is. Like a, a few of the other paragraphs wow. are way shorter. And you like know what else? There's 13 podcasts on this list, but they only chose four podcast arts to be. In the main okay. picture, and ours is one of them. Because so, we're purple. Now it's getting creepy. Because we're purple. So this now list getting- is based around our podcast. They're like, well, what is at maybe as good as web crawlers, if not? I'm just saying. They say, Stetton and Siegel rem- maintain a loose, upbeat dynamic, which means listeners can comfortably dip their toes into the unexplained, but won't walk away feeling, well, haunted. No mention of producer Maria in there, which I'm... That's kind of rough. It's not my show. I'm the producer. I'm glad that they mentioned feet, though, because that is important when having (laughs) to do with our podcast. I want to put it out here right now, though, to Justine Good, 
who was the writer of this amazing article, one of the best articles ever written, that we'd love to do an in-depth, you know, a whole, maybe just an entire article for Vanity Fair about web crawlers. Oh, for Justine sure. is writes about a lot of podcasts. They know what they're talking. Justine knows what she's talking about. I mean, if there's... Oh, yeah. For sure. All right. Well, anyway, should we get into our episode for today? Sure. Now, you and Maria have heard of this before. Maria, you said there was a drunk history episode on this? Yeah, there's a drunk history episode on it where I play um, someone who's, whose baby got... Uh, something happened to my baby. Something happened to your baby. I don't remember. Okay. Or I got a letter and then like I have a baby in my hands or something. Okay. Well, no spoilers, but there's a drunk history episode <laughs> on this. Um, I have never heard of this before. This will be my first exposure with you guys. So, Melissa, um, give us the scoop. In 1976, life in the small town of Circleville, Ohio was thrown into chaos when bus driver Mary Gillespie started receiving anonymous threatening letters. Mm. They expressed anger that she was having an affair with the local school superintendent Ooh. and wanted her to come clean. Hmm. More people in the town started receiving letters about their own darkest secrets. Oh, shit. And then when Mary's husband, Ron, was found dead, the town of 14,000 people didn't know who to blame. Whoa. What's up with these Circleville letters? Let's get into it. The strange and mysterious saga of the Circle of the Letters. The letters were often threatening missives sent to people in Pickaway County. We're not talking about a couple or hundreds, but thousands of letters. And a lot of it was uh, vindictive in tone. I mean, nasty in tone. Okay, 14,000 people is, like, very small, yeah? It is a small town. What's the capacity of Disneyland? That's, like, a couple hundred thousand? Yeah, the capacity of Disneyland is 85,000 people. It's, like, less than, less than how many people are at Disneyland. It's, like, how many people are waiting in line for the riverboat ride? Yeah, like Indiana Jones ride. The riverboat ride? Tom what, Sawyer Island. Tom Sawyer <laughs> Island. <laughs> Whatever it's called. What are you talking about it. <laughs> Melissa's talking like an alien. Like Riverboat ride. <laughs> okay, continue. I don't, I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> okay, here's the backstory. So in 1976, mysterious anonymous letters started showing up in the mailboxes of the residents of Circleville, Ohio. The first to receive a letter was 33 year old bus driver Mary Gillespie. Yikes. It was a small white envelope. Postmark from Columbus, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes from Circleville. Uh, there was no return address, and it was written in all capital letters. It was postmarked, but with no return address? Yeah, it was like dro- yeah, dropped in a mailbox in Columbus. Okay. So it was stamped. Oh. Okay, right. So I guess you don't you have to do put that. a return address on envelopes. Okay, no, but you do if you go to the post office and try to mail it from there. Let me tell you how I know this. How do you because know this? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> because i didn't real i didn't i literally the first time i ever went to the post office alone was when i was like 28 no joke i had no idea how the post office worked 
But I started making art and I had to start sending it to people. But I was sending it to strangers. So I like didn't want to have oh, my, my address on it because I didn't want people to know where yeah. I lived. So I went to the post office and I was like, I need to mail and weigh all these things. And the lady was like, there's no, you need to put your return address on it. And I was like, I'm sending these to, com- I'm sending this stuff to complete strangers. I don't want them to know where I live. But right. it was like these envelopes that was filled with stuff. So she for sure thought I was sending like dirty underwear to strangers and I didn't <laughs> want my address on it. And she like had to explain to me how the mail works. So if you want to send stuff in the mail from the post office, you do need a return address on it. Just in Did case. you just make up an address? No, I just gave my parents' address <laughs> so people could kill would, my parents. I would, you know what I always thought would be address, like a great yeah. scam? A great scam would be to put the return address, the address so the mail comes yes. back. Yes. Yeah. That's scam. You know what I mean, Allie? So you don't have to use a postage stamp. You just put a letter in the mail box. With the return address on the, it of where you want it to go. Yeah. So it gets returned back. Does well, that actually crazy. work? Because I've, I've thought about that before. I think everyone's maybe thought about it once. I don't know. Maybe we should try it we and should see try what happens. It. No, don't try it. The, the post office is going defunct. Don't do that to them. Okay, well, after, well, let's after see the election. what they do. <laughs> yeah, after the election, we'll see what's going we'll on. We'll wait a couple of weeks. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay, so there was no return address written in all capitals. The letter said, stay away from Massey. Don't lie when questioned about knowing him. I know where you live. I've been observing your house and know you have children. This is no joke. Please take it serious. Everyone concerned has been notified and everything will be over soon. It was signed, The Circleville Writer. So the Massey they were referring to was a local school superintendent, Gordon Massey, who Mary was having an affair with. Oh, shit. So shortly after that, more people in Circleville started receiving similar letters they were all postmarked from Columbus and in the same handwriting. And the writer knew intimate details about each recipient's life. Oh, my God. And some letters contained threats, and in others, the writer tried to blackmail the recipients. And some contained graphic details of sex acts, and the whole town was going crazy over who the writer could be. That, yeah, that is crazy. Creepy. Uh, the writer seemed to be most interested in Mary, so she got more letters than anyone else. <laughs> And the writer also mentioned Mary's affair in letters to other people. This person has a gripe on Mary for sure. Oh, yeah. So Mary didn't tell her husband, Ron, about the letter that mentioned her affair. Like she got the mail before he did. And she got a second letter that said, stay away from him noon as well as night. Too many think this is a joke. We'll see in time. And the writer again mentioned her affair with Gordon Massey. And then Mary got a third letter. It said, Gillespie, you've had two weeks and done nothing. Admit the truth and inform the school board. If not, I will broadcast it on radio, posters, signs, and billboards until the truth comes out. Why is it like the school board's business if some, if the superintendent's having an affair? Like that is not... It's someone who's not happy with Mary. Okay, so then Mary ignored the threats and hoped it would just all go away until the next letter they got was addressed to Mary's husband, Ron. Uh Uh-oh. It said, We must inform you that your wife is having an affair with Mr. Massey. She has chased him until he caught her. Eliminate them both before they eliminate you. What? Remember, we know where you work and know your red and white truck. 
No one can help you. Think of your children and their future. Call the school board and report the truth after you finish your investigation. Notify the school board immediately. Your life is in danger. And so Ron showed the letter to Mary and she came clean about the other three letters. She's like, oh yeah, I've been getting letters like this. (laughs) And she said it wasn't true. And she said she wasn't having an affair with Gordon. And she hid the letters just so Ron wouldn't get suspicious. And he believed her. Oh, my God. Love is blind, man. Poor Ron. She's like, well, I hid them so like you wouldn't think that I was having an affair. And he was like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Is Mary the school bus driver or is she just a bus driver in general? She's a school bus driver. Okay. You know what I feel like this is? I feel like this is like a fourth grader who has a crush on the school principal <laughs> and is like so pissed at the bus driver and is now just like be. scrawling in capital letters, writing letters to everyone in town being like, Mary's a bitch. Like, I'm going to kill Mary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's someone who like knows details about like people in the town. Yeah. it's This is like Harriet the Spy nonsense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite movie. Yeah. I know. Okay, so... The Gillespie's wanted to figure out a way to stop these letters. So they told Ron's sister, uh, Karen, and her husband, Paul Freshour, about the letters. And all four of them brainstormed about who it could be. And they made a list. And one of the names that came up was David Longberry. He was Mary's co-worker, and he flirted with her a lot. Mm. So maybe he could be jealous. Uh, So they decided to send their own letters to David Longberry, and a few other people who were on their list of suspects. In the letters, they told the person to stop writing, and they knew where they lived and worked. And they hoped that it would be enough to scare them off. And apparently it worked. And so the letters stopped. End of story? Not so fast. Uh-oh. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> uh, so the next year, on August 19th, 1977, while his wife was away on a trip... Ron received a phone call at home. That's terrifying in itself. (laughs) Yeah, just a phone call in general. (laughs) From anyone. To this day, no one knows the identity of the caller, and whatever was said in the call made Ron super angry and compelled him to grab his gun. Oh, shit. And he told his children he was going to confront the letter writer, got in his truck, and drove away. And later that evening... 35-year-old Ron Gillespie was discovered dead inside (gasps) his truck, which had smashed into a tree. Holy shit. And so Ron's gun had recently fired one single shot, but the bullet was never recovered. And and a bullet hole was not found inside the truck. So who or what did Ron shoot? And why was his truck smashed into a tree? Oh, my God. He just kind of like left in a hurry, was like, I got I'm going to kill the Circleville rider. And like, that was the last anyone ever heard of him. Holy shit. So Pickaway County Sheriff David Radcliffe suspected foul play at first, but then ultimately ruled Ron's death to be an accident after they discovered his blood alcohol Mm. level to be 0.16, which is twice the legal limit. Fuck. So he was drunk. Uh, However, Ron's family said that he was never really a heavy drinker. And even his children said that he wasn't drunk when he left the house that night. Okay. And they were like, that's weird because he's not a drinker. 
I feel like maybe whoever was on the phone with him was either the writer or was someone who yeah. who was having the affair with Mary and was like, listen, I want to come clean. Let's meet somewhere. And they probably like met at a bar and like drank together, like got drinks. Ron got wasted, had his gun. Maybe instead of shooting the person, he like shot into the air angrily being like, fuck this shit or something. And then ah. drove... Yeah, and then like drove or like I'm gonna kill Mary, and then like drove into oh. a tree or something. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Or maybe he wanted to kill himself, and then like couldn't do it, and just like fired an angry and gunshot, the gun. and then um like got back in his car and like drunkenly drove into a tree. It's all possible. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So then the letters start up again. Hmm. So after this incident, the Circleville writer was at it again. And they claimed that Ron's death was a cover-up by the sheriff's department. What? And Ron's truck had already been sent to the junkyard and destroyed, so that made people even more suspicious that they couldn't, like, look in the car for any clues or whatever. Weird. And the letters continued for six years. Okay, no someone has out. way too much time on their hands. That's insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> what was the, um, the house in New Jersey? The Watcher. The Watcher. <laughs> Uh, so then in 1983, Ron's brother-in-law, Paul Freshour, filed for a divorce from his wife, Karen. And so remember that they helped Mary and Ron brainstorm a list of who the writer could be. Those, those yeah. four were like, oh, it's David Longberry, whatever. And apparently Karen cheated on Paul. 
And Paul got custody of the kids and Karen moved into a trailer in Mary's backyard. So then Mary eventually, Mary started hooking up with Gordon Massey. Publicly, at least. The guy that, she, yeah, the guy that she was accused of having an affair with. And Gordon actually divorced his wife to be with Mary. Oh, fuck. But Mary always said that the romance did not start until after Ron's death. No, no, no. Where there's smoke, there's yeah. fire, babe. But some people, but people had their doubts, in, including the Circleville writer was suspicious <laughs> of this. So then Mary started receiving threatening messages again in 1983. I just want to say doing anything consistently for like six, seven years is insane. Anything. It's great. Anything. You should not have any kind of hobby or passion or or vendetta that lasts <laughs> or that a long. podcast. Yeah, more than no, seven like years. quit it. You're crazy. <laughs> quit it. <laughs> so at around three thirty on February seventh, Mary was driving her school bus route when she saw a threatening sign attached to a fence post. It accused Mary's twelve year old daughter of having an affair with Gordon Massey. Come on now. And Mary pulled over to tear the tear down the sign, and she discovered that a piece of twine had been used to tie the sign to a small black box. And when she went to open the box, she saw a loaded twenty-five caliber pistol. Oh my god! And since the trigger was also tied to the string, <gasps> Mary realized it was a booby trap intended to fire the gun when she ripped down the sign, but it never went off. What? Yes. And so Mary turned the booby trap over to the police, who then discovered someone tried to rub off the gun's serial numbers, but they were unsuccessful. And then lab tests were able to make out the numbers 201089. The gun was matched to dun 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 Mary's former brother-in-law, Paul Freshour, who had recently divorced Ron's sister Karen. Holy shit, what? Yeah, so then Sheriff Radcliffe questioned Paul. He claimed he kept his gun hidden hidden in his garage, but since he never used it or checked on it for years, he didn't notice it, it was missing. He claimed that he didn't know how long it was gone or who took it, and Sheriff Radcliffe also made Paul perform a handwriting test in which he showed him the all these threatening letters that Mary got and asked Paul to copy them as closely as possible. And then the sheriff then read one of the letters and asked Paul to write down what it said. And the sheriff thought that the handwriting was close enough and used handwriting samples of Ann Paul's gun as evidence to charge him with attempted murder. Is that how a handwriting sample works? Like they're like, try to it's match not. this? <laughs> no, it's not. Because I think like if you're a good artist, then you'd be able to match it. Yeah, or you would specifically not match it because you right. don't want to that yeah, that's make not sense. how you conduct a handwriting yeah. analysis so on october 24th 1983 paul went to trial for attempted murder like mm. all they had was like this handwriting sample and the gun and the gun and so the prosecutor submitted 39 letters as evidence even though they weren't all threatening they used them to show paul's state of mind and they wanted to prove that he was crazy enough to try to murder Mary. And Mary also claimed that Karen, Paul's ex, told Mary that she was suspicious of Paul after, or Anne thought he could be responsible for the letters. Like Karen at one point was mm. like, it could be Paul, I don't know. And Paul's response to that was, if Karen really believed I had done this, why did she never mention it in divorce court? Interesting. 
So Paul's boss testified that he had asked for time off from work on February 7th, the day Mary found the sign and the gun. That's not good. Uh, But then Paul's friend Spencer testified that Paul told him his gun was stolen before February 7th. And two more friends provided alibis for Paul. One friend was with Paul on February 7th and the day before. And Paul was home between 12.30 and 4.30 p.m. on February 7th. Okay, So could he actually put that sign up? However, Paul was found guilty of attempted murder with a firearm, and he was sentenced to 7 to 25 years in prison. Oh, shit. So the Circleville writer was finally behind bars this time, and the letters finally stopped. Just kidding. They didn't stop. Uh-oh. dun dun, dun. So now we're going on, what, eight years and counting? <laughs> yes. So the letters were still written in black letters and came from Columbus. This is what makes me think that there's a child who writes in yeah, block Paul letters. Got one in the um what, what's his face? Uh who wrote Beverly Hills. Yeah. Not Robert Durst. Um Yeah. Robert, Robert Durst. Robert, Robert Durst. Durst. Yeah. Robert Durst. Who spelled Beverly with an extra E. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I kill them all, of <laughs> course. <laughs> so yeah, so Paul got a letter in prison. Oh my god. So like how could he be the writer if he's getting letters in prison? It said, shame how things work out. Better you than me. The sheriff says you did it, but we know better, don't we? Oh, my God. And despite this. It's the Riddler. Despite this, people still accuse Paul of somehow sending the letters. So he was put into solitary confinement with no way of writing the letters, but the letters continued. Oh, my God. So, like, it's not Paul who's writing these letters, even though he was in prison. So then starting in 1988... Paul made a number of appeals for parole, but they were all denied. He then volunteered for multiple polygraph tests. He passed them all. Oh, this poor guy. Yeah. After his first parole denial, he received another anonymous letter and it said, now when are you going to believe you aren't going to get out of there? I told you two years ago when we set them up, they stay set up. Don't you listen at all? It's weird that they the the writer always refers to like a we like it's as if it's an organization yeah. or something or a group of people. Hmm. And then in 1993, the TV show Unsolved Mysteries received an anonymous letter to their offices. Oh no! It was in black letters, and it said, "Forget Circleville, Ohio. Do nothing to hurt Sheriff Radcliffe. If you come to o- to Ohio, you sickos will pay." <laughs> sounds like maria wrote this yeah (laughs) Yeah, that does sound like something i would write exactly sickos that's me yeah (laughs) i wrote that i know just like you're the because you're the watcher the watcher also i'm the watcher too i'm the watcher i'm watched i'm the watcher and so uh an investigative journalist by the name of martin yant took an interest in this case And he wrote about it for the Ohio Observer. He said he thought the wrong person was in prison. And he wrote a book about it called Presume Guilty When Innocent People Are Wrongly Convicted. That's too long of a title. Yeah, that's way too long. Uh, So Martin Yant was going over the case one day and found some evidence that had suspiciously been left out. So 20 minutes before Mary discovered the booby trap... Another school bus driver driving that route reported seeing a yellow El Camino parked at that spot. And along with this, with a sandy-haired man who did not match Paul's description. Hmm. And the man pretended to pee when he knew he was being watched. 
And he did, however, match the description of another man that was dating Karen. Oh. And even though Paul did not own a yellow El Camino, Karen's brother did. Oh, interesting. So that was weird. Do you want to know the origin of the word booby trap? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I guess a um, it's not the mammary glands, as you know. The, the, the word boob traces from the Spanish bobo, meaning stupid, um, or the oh. Latin bulbous, meaning stammering. And then also there's something about, uh, today it's called a red-footed booby is a, is a bird that oh. I guess is pretty dumb. So, and they would trap them because they were stupid. And so they, they, they were called booby traps. So then, so then that, that became oh. the origin of booby traps, like traps you set to, to get stupid, stupid people. Huh. Wow. But there's nothing stupid about like walking down like a forest and then, you know, a rope gets your leg and then you leaves. Yeah. And then like, that's not, that's just like for unsuspecting people. That doesn't mean you're, I know. I I think it just feels like, like Wiley Coyote shit, like McCulkey Culkin home alone stuff. McCulkey Culkin. McCulkey. (laughs) McCulkey Culkin. McCulkey Culkin. (laughs) McCulkey. I think that's the second time I've done that. I feel like I've heard that before. (laughs) McCulkey Culkin. McCulkey anyways keep going please <laughs> I feel like I've seen a red-footed booby in person you They're have birds you have yeah and um Tahiti anyway I've heard of a blue-footed booby but not a red-footed booby oh, maybe it was a blue-footed I've seen a booby somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh in May of 1994 after 10 years in prison Paul was released on parole oh my god he said they could never give back the years or money they cost me, but I still want to clear my name. God. And the letter stopped in 1994, but like others claimed that they went on till 2003 and like thousands of letters were written. So maybe there was like a copycat writer. It's crazy that there was like no fingerprints on a single paper of thousands of letters written. I'm sure there were, but like people just no i do not buy it seems yeah so after being released paul sent a 200 page document to the fbi asking them to investigate ron gillespie's death Mm. and paul accused sheriff radcliffe of conducting a massive cover-up interesting he claimed the sheriff was underrepresenting crime statistics in pickaway county and mismanaging funds so the sheriff radcliffe was up to no good Uh Uh-oh. And the Circleville writer wrote to Sheriff Radcliffe saying he knew about all of this and to pin the letters on Paul. What? Apparently the writer was like, I know what you're doing. You're mismanaging all these funds. I need you to pin this all on Paul. And that's apparently what the sheriff did. And so Paul also accused one of the prosecutors of getting a local teacher pregnant and then murdering her. Oh, my God. And what was crazy that there was a teacher in Circleville who was murdered and the case remains unsolved. For a town of like 14,000 people, this is bananas. It is bananas. So some theories on this is that even though Sheriff Radcliffe told the press that Paul had confessed to writing around 40 to 50 threatening letters, Paul denied this and said that if he'd actually made such a confession, why didn't Radcliffe record it? 
Mm. Like there was no recording of Paul admitting to this. The sheriff was like, yeah, yeah, he admitted to doing this. Makes sense. And Paul's fingerprints were not found on the letters, the gun, or the booby trap. Mm -hmm. And a search of Paul's house failed to turn up any more corroborating evidence, such as ammunition for the gun or material which could have been used to construct the signs and the booby trap. So zero evidence at Paul's house. Yeah. And years later, it was discovered that a key piece of evidence was withheld at trial. (gasps) Shoe prints were also found at the scene, which did not match Paul's shoe size. Come on, guys. So did Karen frame him? Was she upset about their divorce, perhaps? Karen was one of the only people who knew that Paul's gun was hidden in his garage. And after Paul went to prison, Karen regained custody of their children and the house. Uh Uh-oh. So maybe it was like this custody battle that she was like, oh, I can pin this on Paul or like figure out how to do this. I don't know. And then it's, it's expected that the original series of letters from 1977 were written by a man named David Longberry. In 1999, Longberry became a wanted fugitive after raping an 11-year-old girl and committed suicide while on the run. Ew. So it's possible that the Circle of the Letters saga was two different stories. Because remember at the beginning when Mary and Ron and then yeah. Paul and Karen were like, oh, it's probably David Longberry, this guy that hits on Mary all the time. Right. It could It could have absolutely been him because he turned out to be like a rapist and then maybe like karen took him over or something the letters to get something yeah interesting yeah or was it mary oh did she work with karen to frame paul maybe to help out in like getting custody of her kids like did they make the road signs themselves and maybe karen sent the letters to paul in jail And maybe it was Mary who called Ron the night he crashed his car into the tree. Maybe, like, she told him the truth and he got mad. That sounds so weird, though. Like, why would Mary want to ruin her whole reputation? And, do like, what's why would Mary do this to herself? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's so confusing. I don't know. And then Paul ended up dying in 2012 at the age of 70 in Columbus, Ohio where the letters were all postmarked from. Interesting. That's interesting. Wow. Well, I wonder... I don't know. I really don't know. This is truly, truly a bizarre... I don't think it was Paul. I don't think it was Paul either, to be honest. I mean, especially because I feel like there would have been more evidence if it had been Paul. Mm -hmm. Because it's weird how apparently the sheriff got a letter from the Circleville writer that was like, I know... You're like corrupt and you're mismanaging funds and you're messing up all like the crime stats. So you need to pin this on Paul or I'm going to tell everyone. And so the sheriff was like, uh, okay, okay I got to pin this on Paul somehow. Why don't we think that it was um, Massey's wife or anything? Gordon Massey's wife. I mean, it could have been. It's weird. She doesn't really come up in like any theories that I read about because they get divorced and then Gordon and Mary start hooking up. Yeah, like that's if, initially what I thought, but I don't, I don't know if she was ever brought up as like a suspect. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like they had zero suspects, except they immediately honed in on Paul, on Paul. for whatever reason. Well, crazy. If you guys have any theories of like who this could be, I mean, honestly, like the weirdest thing for me is that someone 
someone or like a group of people or two people like kept this gig going for so long, <laughs> like years and years for and like, years. They yeah. did their 10,000 hours. They were trying to get it just right. And they did it, They're didn't Malcolm they? Gladwell. They got away with it. Yeah. They did it so well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally strange. Um, Melissa, if people want to give us their own theories, uh, where can they where can they send them to? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com or find us on the internet and Twitter and Instagram webcrawlerspod. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to know what people think because to be honest, like I'm pretty yeah. stumped with this one. I really don't know. Yeah, I have no clue. And also, if you've ever received a weird letter in the mail, I know actually <laughs> some people have emailed us saying that they have received weird letters oh, in the yeah. mail. We had a few callers uh, tell us about that before. So if you've received anything weird before, uh, let us know also. Um, anyways, I am Ali Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I'm the Circleville... I mean... <laughs> uh... Well, there it is, folks. There it is, folks. <laughs> Bye. Bye. An Erio's original. Powered by ACAST. Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.